You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Our guests who are here, we honor you. We thank you for being at the Calvary Church this morning. And uh, before we get into the word of the Lord, we want our ushers to come at this time to receive our Sunday tithe and offering. And uh, so thankful for each of you who make ministry possible here for your giving tithe and missions and the Promise Project. We thank you for that. We have some exciting things that we're hoping to share in the coming months with uh, where we're headed with some of that, but uh, I thank you for your faithfulness. And while they're doing that, I want to also make mention this coming Friday, everyone is welcome to attend a Purpose Institute class on Friday night. Uh, it's uh, going to be a series that we're doing with uh, some great teachers and speakers. And this coming Friday, Reverend Debbie Size will be speaking on Friday night, 7 o'clock. Uh, and we encourage you to be uh, part of that. Uh, there's no cost. You don't have to be enrolled in Purpose Institute to attend. Uh, but if you would like to kind of see what Purpose Institute is. This is a great opportunity for you. And then in the month of March, excited to have Pastor Joel Urshan speaking on a Friday night and then Pastor Eric Foster in April. So I wanted to make sure you were aware of that. And then next Sunday, of course, is Life Group Launch. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a great, great time. Last Sunday, we had our Super Team Sunday. And if you have not had a chance to sign up for a ministry team, and uh, get a t-shirt to go with it. I encourage you to do that. We uh, want everybody to be a part of what's happening at the Calvary Church. Amen? Well, why don't you be seated today? I'm going to go into the word of the Lord. Has anybody set reminders on your phone? Some of you have a clock. I have a a clock that's telling me when I'm supposed to be done here today, just so you know. Uh, I ignore it most of the time, just <laughs> let's be honest. But uh, reminders can be pretty important. Um, <clears throat> maybe you have dinner in the oven and you've got to have a reminder. There might be other uh, opportunities for reminders. I, Kristen is pretty much my reminder in life. Um, <laughs> I can have it in my phone, but that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, she's usually having to remind me. But today, I just, I'm just i going to preach something that honestly is just a reminder. It's just a reminder. We've been flying over the life of Joseph for the last number of weeks. I think this is the fourth week that I've taken my subject out of the life of Joseph And uh, we've landed in a few different places of his life and his dreams and his work with his father. And today I want to land the plane in Egypt where Joseph has just arrived and he's been thrown, after he had been thrown in the pit, he'd been sold by his brothers, he 
ends up in Egypt. And I want to read this passage, Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39, verse number 1. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. Everyone say brought. Brought down to Egypt. It's amazing that we can read words in scripture and you just see a word. But if you consider the word, you can look at it and see something a little bit deeper or significant. So for instance, when the Bible says they scourged Jesus, we just read past that idea, but as a pretty horrific thing to be scourged. His flesh was ripped open by whips and metal and bone. And so we see here Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. Brought. Cool. Got in a plane. Carried. To Egypt. Wonderful. But that's really not what is happening. Brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him. Everyone say, bought him. From the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. Talked last week about the trip that Joseph made from his father's house to find his brothers in Shechem. Fifty miles that Joseph walked, and how difficult that would have been. You think about his life, it probably was a multiple days of walking and climbing and it would have been tiresome and he gets to Shechem and his brothers aren't there and he walks another 15 miles. So 65 miles Joseph walks to get to where his brothers are and they ultimately throw him in a pit and sell him. But to go from Dothan to Egypt now, again, we're not told how Joseph made the trip, but we understand that he is not VIP. He, he, he's not a celebrity being carried to Egypt. He's been bought after he'd been thrown in a pit. And if you have brothers that you've hated at one time or another... In a moment, you've probably been fought with your brothers. I can remember fighting with my brother. Hey, you've probably fought with your brother once or twice. I know the Sizemore brothers have fought once or twice. <clears throat> my brother would... <clears throat> he was supposed to preach this Sunday, by the way. I had asked him. He told me no. 
Um, that's another subject. So someday my brother will preach here, and you, you can verify this story. But we, he's older than me, and he's taller than me, and it's just I, I hope I didn't offend anybody. Uh, but he would, he would, anybody just get punched on the leg by your brother? Man, leg just sore for days and days. Well, Joseph was not like, hey, go in the pit. You know, I, I, I know you know that, but it's, it's got to be clear because we, when we say he's brought to Egypt, he's probably in pain from the beating that he received from his brothers. He's been thrown. He's not VIP. He's not celebrity. He's being carried, and it's not just a few miles. We don't know if he's in a cage. We don't know if he's being uh, restrained in any way. Is he walking? We don't know. But he travels 250 miles to get to Egypt. That's a long time to be in your head. Thoughts of what is happening to me. Just days ago, I was with my father. And now I'm being brought by people I don't know to the land that I don't know. And if you were to, again, we use the, the, the length of time, 20 minutes to walk a mile, would have been 80 hours of travel, 80 hours of travel, either on foot or on some uh, device, some, some carriage of some kind, but it would have been pretty difficult. Being brought to Egypt, and he's on this journey, again, not by choice. Nothing that he said, he, he didn't buy the ticket from Dothan to Egypt. He didn't go to the ticket counter and say, I'd like to go. No, he was, he was there because somebody else made him get there. And that is pretty uh, intriguing and, and something that I think we all need to consider because he... He was brought there without his own decision. And then when he gets there, he's bought again. Bought by the security officer, chief of security for Pharaoh. And that robe that identified him as dad's favorite is long gone. He's not showing up there as anything. Even the identity of his family is long gone. Nobody's going, oh, that's Jacob's boy. That's, oh, that family. You remember that family that, that lives there? No, he has no identity. That name that his mother, Rachel, gave him, Joseph, is immaterial. It doesn't matter. He's, he's a pawn of life. He's been brought and he's been bought. And life has a way of doing that at times. Where we arrive places. We arrive in situations where we are there because of someone else. 
We are just a card in the deck that has been passed out by someone or something. We didn't ask to be here. We didn't ask for the diagnosis. We didn't sign up for the trip. We didn't buy the ticket. Maybe you could identify a little bit with Joseph today. We lose sometimes a sense of identity of who we are. A favor that maybe we enjoyed in a certain season of life is not there. The identity that we had because of something we could do is not there. The opportunities, the people are not around us like they used to be. And Joseph knows something about that. But the next verse tells us something that I simply want to remind us of today. That when Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of a guard, the guard, an, an Egyptian, had bought him from the land or the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The next verse simply said, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Joseph, you've been brought. Joseph, you've been bought. But guess what? The Lord was with Joseph. And can I just put, put a little reminder in your phone today? It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter why you are, where you are. It doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter who brought you there. It doesn't matter what circumstances caused you to be there. I just want to remind Calvary, God is with you. God is with you. Somebody needs to receive that today. God is with you. Now it's going to get, maybe it's going to feel awkward in this moment, but I, I, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to try to concentrate on what I'm about to read in the passage and I want you to hear the word of the Lord this is not for the person sitting next to you this is the word of the Lord for you oh Lord you have searched me and known me you know when I sit down and when I rise up you discern my thoughts from afar you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. 
there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take up the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day for the darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In the book they were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they are more than the sand of the sea or the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Oh, hallelujah. I just want to remind you today that God is with you. Oh, hallelujah. That's why God would tell Joshua as he began his quest to the promised land. He said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And so the writer of Hebrews picks that up and he said, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never never leave you nor forsake you so we may boldly say the Lord is my helper I will not fear what can man do to me oh hallelujah something happens when you know when you know that God is with you. I I don't know exactly how Joseph knew, but we know Joseph knew God is with me. The bumpy road to Egypt, he was convinced that God was with him. When they brought him and when they bought him, he said, God is with me. That's why he could stand in the trial. That's why he could stand through it all because he was confident. That God was with him. There's something that happens when you know God is with you. Fear dissipates. Fear dissipates. It's gone when we're confident that God is with us. Oh, hallelujah. When I was in high school, I wasn't always tall like I am today. I, I grew a lot. <laughs> no, really, I did. <laughs> I think it was my senior year. It's a rough, rough high school experience. That's all right. But when I was in high school, I believe I was a freshman at Canton South High School, and the starting running back came up to me, stocky built like a tank and he came up to me and he said if anyone messes with you you come tell me 
and I'll take care of it. I said, praise God. I am now the biggest kid in the school. It's just a confidence that comes over you when you know somebody's got your back. Something happens when you know. So the writer of Hebrews says, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Oh, hallelujah. I feel the touch of the Lord now. What can man do to me when I stand with confidence to say, you know what? The Lord is with me. The Lord has never left me. He's never forsaken me. And he said he'll be my helper. I can't fear. What can man do to me? What's the worst that man can do to me? Can kill me. But guess who's there? God is there. He said, I can catch you when you fall, and I'll be there. Heaven, the grave, I'm still there. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to put it in your phone. You need an everyday, every morning reminder. God is with me. I'm not walking through this day alone. I might not know where he's at like Job. I I look to the left and the right and I don't know where he's at. But somebody needs to put a reminder in your phone. God is with me. God is with me. How do I know that God is with me? Because when I was seven years or eight years old, I went down in the waters of baptism and took on the name of Jesus. And he gave me his name. I didn't deserve his name. I didn't do enough good things to deserve his name. But he said, you know what? I'm going to give you my name. And that's why the writer of uh, Galatians, Paul said, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He's with you. If you have taken on his name. And he said, not only do I have his name, but I have his spirit. When I was seven years old, I spoke in tongues, and received the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. First John 3, 24 says, Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. How do I know that God is with me every day? Because of his Spirit that dwells in me. And John, 1 John 4 said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And so if he's in me, I can have confidence that no matter what I face, he's with me. And he's greater than anything that I could come in contact with or be faced with. So, Joseph, verse number 2 of Genesis 39, the Lord was with Joseph. Because the Lord was with Joseph in a place of slavery, the Bible says he was a successful man. It says he was in his house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. That the Lord made all 
he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put under his authority. When the Lord is with us and we have confidence that he is with us, we realize that God positions us. When God positions us, it will prosper his kingdom. So it doesn't matter where I find myself, I can prosper for God. I can be blessed. I can help. I'm reminded of that song that Fred Hammond sang. We are blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed when we come and when we go. Anywhere I go, I can be blessed. I can have confidence that even when I'm hard-pressed on every side, I'm not crushed. And when I'm perplexed, I'm not in despair. When I'm persecuted, I'm not forsaken. Maybe struck down, but I'm not destroyed. I want to remind you today to live like he's with you. Live like he's positioned you to be there. Because we can prosper anywhere we find ourselves if God is with us. Even when we lose our identity or we lose our job, God hasn't left us and God can prosper us. When that person left us, We can know God is still with us and God can prosper us. When that person forsook us or when they lied on us, God is still with you and he can still prosper you. What we find compelling about Joseph prospering in Potiphar's house is verse number five. So it was for the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. You realize that when you allow your life to be lived with confidence that God is with you and that no matter what you face, God can prosper you. That we realize that it's not just us who prospers. It's those that we're around start to prosper. The blessing of God begins to extend beyond just our life, beyond our own thinking and it moves into places that maybe don't deserve a blessing and I think it's so powerful that Joseph just kept putting his confidence in God and God blessed him God was elevating him 
while God was elevating and prospering Joseph, God was blessing everywhere Joseph touched. Your homes are blessed when you live with confidence that God is with us. And your jobs are blessed. You can be in the middle of hell on your job. I absolutely believe it. That you can be in the middle of hell on your job. And you being confident that God is with you. And you allowing God to prosper your life. That you can have an impact that starts moving in your job. I believe it today. And some of you need to walk in that confidence today. That you're not on your job just so you can bring a paycheck home to your family. And that's good and that's important and you should. But I believe you could be there because God is doing something where you are. Amen. Finally, Joseph spent 11 years with Potiphar. But again, Joseph found himself in a place he didn't ask for and he didn't sign up for. He was lied on by Potiphar's wife. And you would think, okay, Joseph, you, you could probably throw in the towel at this point. It's not working out. God isn't really with you. Because if God was with you, that probably wouldn't happen. Obviously, God doesn't care. Genesis 39, 20. Joseph's master took him and put him into prison in a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. Sounds so nice. Just there in the prison. It's much more than that. He's in the prison, but what does the next verse say? But the Lord was with Joseph. I know it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But the Lord was with Joseph. I know you're in prison now, but guess what? God's still there. And guess what? Because Joseph was confident God hadn't left him, he starts to be successful in prison. And his success starts impacting other people. 22, the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand. All the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did, it was, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Watch this. Because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Would you stand with me? Today's just a reminder. Lord's with you. I know maybe pieces of the story of your life you didn't sign up for, but the Lord is with you. And I feel compelled today. I want to.
pray for those who maybe are walking through a a difficult season of their life. But I want to pray. I'm going to invite all of our, if you you can and you're willing, I want to invite all of our licensed ministers who are here today. I just want you to come up front. These are individuals who have committed their life to God's service. And they've prepared themselves. And we're going to go to, into a time of prayer. I thank them for their willingness to be obedient to the Lord. You can come up, up here as well. And I'm going to invite you today. Maybe you're walking through a time that doesn't make sense. And I wanna, I wanna pray for you today. I want you to believe. I want you to leave. My hope is that you would leave today, just having confidence that God has not left you, and God has not forsaken you. And again, I don't know all the circumstances that are represented in this room, but I, I want us to pray together. We're going to pray for you today, and I'm believing God to intervene, God to help you, God to strengthen you, because if we could have confidence today that God is with us, if we could leave whatever we do tomorrow, wherever we go tomorrow, it'll impact tomorrow. You walk on your job site tomorrow, or you walk in your office tomorrow and you thought, you know what? God is with me. God is here in this room right now. It might change how you have conversations in that day. It might change how you interact with the people you're going to interact with. So we're going to pray today and some of you are in some very difficult circumstances. So I just, I'm just trying to raise your eyes Today And we're going to encourage one another in this time. But I'm going to invite you. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm just going to invite you to come. If you want prayer, I just want you to come and stand up here. These ministers are going to come and pray with you specifically. I believe the Lord can bring healing. The Lord can bring strength. The Lord can, can bring deliverance today. But we're going to put our confidence in the Lord. In Jesus' name, right now, Lord, I'm praying. God, that your word would find good ground. God, there are some here today that are facing some very difficult circumstances that they're facing, not because they've done anything, but Lord, you're positioning them and they face some things. And Lord, I'm praying today, I'm praying today that we would put our eyes back on you. We would put our confidence back on you. God, if If we have doubt in this room or we're, God, somehow trying to to live outside of your plan and your work, I pray today we would just surrender one more time to you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want you to come. I want you to put your trust in the Lord today. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. Oh, God. Let it be done today, Lord. Let it be-
This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.